The voice of Master Chief, Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Hello and welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name is Anthony Nicolosi. And I'm Skylar Sokol. And today we are talking about all the crazy shit Gabe Newell said. <laughs> he says one a lot news. of crazy shit all the time, but today we're yeah. talking about a specific instance of crazy shit. He is quite the, yeah, he's, there's always interesting stuff coming out of his mouth, but yeah, I think this uh, interview, I mean, I think there's some truth in there right i think gabe is to some extent shedding light on the future of interactive experiences but to some extent i think it's just fucking insane and he's crazy yeah i just to give you guys an idea of the beginning so this article is called gabe newell says brain computer interface tech will allow video games far beyond what human quote neat peripherals can comprehend (laughs) it's your eyes and ears i did not realize that was the title of the article that's pretty funny um (laughs) i'll say one section i read one quote that i really like that i think introduces the topic really well is um so basically do in this article there he's talking about these things called open bci headsets which are these headsets that allow like brainwave um reading detection. and analysis detection and potentially even influence which they don't really go into the technology of how that works i'm guessing it's through electrical impulses i don't know it didn't say anything in the article about how the the influence part works but regardless he said um oh where is it there was such a good <laughs> he said quote. a lot of stuff. Yeah. He said a lot of stuff. Um, he said, oh, never mind. You say Skylar hunting for it. Go ahead. I'll no, find yeah. it. I mean, he introduces is that they're working on an open source project. Um, this, oh, that's so open BCI. BCI stands for brain computer interface. It's an open uh, source project. Uh, like conglomerate like people there's it's not just valve that's working on open bci there's a there's lots of players in the industry not just the games industry as well he talks about uh potential health applications to this uh according to like, gabe newell if you're a software developer in 2022 who doesn't have one of these in your test lab you're making a silly mistake <laughs> yes he's he, i mean it's been a while now. I've ac- I've watched uh, G- GDC. I think it was like 1999. I want to wow. say that talk that Valve did. Yeah, it's like fucking awful resolution and everything. I want to say it's 1999. If not, it was very early 2000s. And they were talking about like being interested in this. They were talking about like, can we make devices right now to 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 get back to his meat peripherals, which he's um. In that case, referencing hands and eyes, right? He was he was saying, right now, when you create a game, the input from the user is restricted. The input that you can gather from the user is restricted to what you can communicate through the controller, right? right? And I mean, That's we've seen the, over time tons of innovations with controllers, right? Different kinds of controllers that try and capture different types of player input, but it's 
always come down to some sort of like body dexterity, physical movement kind of thing, right? Like if we go to like the connect or whatever or yep. shit like that, where like your 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 whole body is involved, immersive in that way, but this is going like one step further than that, right? Right. Yeah. Then VR pushes it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, this is the kinds of uh, ex- he, the way he puts he puts it. He he says that life will be like flat, colorless, and soulless compared to like what you'll be able to do here. More or less, the way I would summarize what these things can do, or the way he's proposing these things would affect people, are is like if you right now you can look at a screen and look at the game right well if you had one of these headsets on you could basically stimulate the brain more significantly the same parts of the areas that are like processing the image to like make it more rich and this is so that's the that's the headset to brain direction but i think we should start with the simple direction which is the brain to headset direction um so yeah go ahead he says Um, For example, the data that this headset can get, it measures a bunch of different forms of brain activity and brain waves and all of that. So one thing that the data could generally consist of is like, for example, it could potentially detect what emotion a player is experiencing, like excited, surprised, sad, bored, amused, afraid, etc. So if you can do that, then you could use those readings to improve the immersion of the game and like personalize what's happening in the game, right? Like... I don't know. You could even like if you're in like a scene that could be interpreted multiple ways or something and the player is getting excited or they're getting sad or they're getting angry. You could like put in different music, like have the music shift based on the emotion and the tone that the player is experiencing (laughs) rather than whatever emotion you decided you were trying to convey. Right. So that was actually one of the things in this particular talk I was referencing before that I found pretty interesting. It was it's exactly what you're talking about. They were saying like. You know, and actually, we've talked about this before. If you are, um, what was the game you were playing? Amnesia, right? Yeah, Amnesia which that had that the the troll or some shit run by yeah, yeah, the gremlin or whatever. And we were talking about like, did they control your perspective during that, or did you just see it, you know, organically, like you were in control? And um, in certain circumstances like that, we've we talked about that the medium of games. Uh, the un- one the maybe most unique element of it is that you're in control blah 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 right and that's somehow limiting that control in parts just feels like um not take not utilizing the platform or the the medium as as extensively as you could or as richly as you could right so I, if you I, had these I have bad ability- news i did not start my recording again so, <laughs> we'll just so we're just the using Twitch the Twitch recording again Yeesh. i'll start so my recording okay. next week <laughs> It's okay. So if we, um, I'm bad at in that particular context, if you think about the VR headsets and the things you were just describing, let's say you're in that room in Amnesia with one of these things on, right? Right. And you th- know, like for example, that troll's coming, and the person should start getting scared for whatever reason based off of what's happening in the scene. But you could detect. I remember in this talk, I think they said like the sweatiness of people's palms and in sure. combination with the heart rate was a good way of communicating stress. Uh-huh. If you could detect, oh, they're not that scared. Let's bump the music, you know, maybe. Right. You right. Know? Or like flicker the lights. Yeah. Like, uh, right. Or, right. Like or do flicker the lights. Have some slightly Back different up. thing happen. Right. That would slowly ramp you up to like this big climax or whatever. Yeah. That's really that's, interesting. That's, that's kind of cool. Right. Or, yeah. And, 
you said maybe they're not excited enough. Right. Uh, they I'm, said you could turn, you could uh, dynamically alter game difficulty if you realize the player is bored, for example. Right. Right. Yeah. We talked about the um, Doom ticketing, not not just the ticketing system, but the the kind of whole sandbox design they had there that was trying to deduce some of those things dynamically. Like, do we need to scale difficulty some way? Um, within some range, but yeah, right. that would be even more rich if you had, if you, if you had a way of somehow, this is uh, some of the things he, t- he talks about are vague. So I excuse myself here, but like on how vague this is, but if you had a headset that somehow could tell this guy is bored, right. you know, that or would this be guy useful. isn't as stimulated in the game as we expect them to be. Right. So instead of, cause I will say the irony of doom having this ticketing system is it still has like five difficulty settings. Right. right. So like, this could eliminate the need for that, right? It would just start you at yeah, a baseline good. difficulty. And I mean, granted, games could potentially do that without this headset, right? You could just detect based on the player performance and adjust the difficulty that way. And some games do do that already without difficulty sliders. But this could do it on like an emotional level, I guess, right? Like if the yeah. player isn't exp- isn't stimulated enough, maybe instead of making the enemies harder, you make more enemies or based on different like subtle emotional triggers, you could have slightly different reactions from the game. Yeah, or if they're overstimulated, you can scale down, obviously, right. whatever. So, yeah, that's um that's very interesting. I mean, also they they kind of talk about that but good god, you know, from a addiction perspective uh a lot of the things he talks about i think to myself that if you really could uh reverse engineer what the player's experiencing so granularly like that and so finely or whatever and then you could like dynamically change things to just basically be this perfect amount of fun and right all and challenge shit man that it sounds like that would be Hard to break away from, from a, a brain perspective. Yeah. Well, and now, now we go one step further, right? Ga- Newell says, you, you, you're used to experiencing the world through eyes, but eyes were created by this low-cost bidder that didn't care about failure rates and RMAs, and if it got broken, there was no way to repair anything effectively, which totally makes sense from an evolutionary perspective, but is not at all reflective of, of consumer preferences. So the visual experience, the visual fidelity we'll be able to create, the real world will stop being the metric that we apply to the best possible visual fidelity. And this is talking about like being able to actually influence the brain, which is what you were alluding to earlier. Now, like I said, this, at least in the article, they don't go into the technological details of how this is possible. I have to assume it's some sort of electric impulse, but um, I'm not sure. So let's think about that, right? Like that's, that, that just becomes crazy, right? He gives the example of like improving people's sleep as a simple example, right? You could just say, mm-hmm. I want to get eight hours of REM sl- or six hours of REM sleep tonight. And that would just put you in REM mode. Yeah. You could plug it in your app, say, I want this kind of sleep, this amount. Boom. And you, it, the thing puts your brain in that mode. Right. Like you're saying now right. that's, that's pretty like pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and he, he talks. Of, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I, I was just gonna say like that. That's such a simple example. That's already pretty scary. Right. And you could it can get so much worse from there, right? Now, granted, right now, right, this is a big headset. You'd probably have to be pretty voluntary to put it on, but maybe not. What if we're in like a military torture facility, right? And you just right. put this on someone and you just force them to like experience extreme pain. 
Yeah, well, and he 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 gives that example of like you don't you need people are going to have to make sure that feel this feels secure and blah blah. You don't want the story of his words. Remember when Bob got hacked by the Russian malware? That sucked. Is he still running naked through the forest or whatever? Like, right? I mean, but it that's just the. Uh, side note, this is one of the reasons why I found the cyberpunk, the the cyberpunk, the games like story narrative and like environment to kind of be interesting just to see like what their take on some of these things would be. Because like in the future, if these kinds of brain to computer interfaces exist, this there's also Neuralink, right, that um, Musk's company's working on or whatever. Uh, as you get there, these kinds of concerns are really important it's one thing to get your phone hacked it's another thing to get your fucking brain hacked. right you well know? the question is like does this have long-term brain ha- like if your brain is hacked does that mean you just like experience this thing while you're wearing the headset like is it a constant impulse the headset needs to perform in order to yeah. do this or is it a like does it just like reprogram something I, I might i once again i lean towards a constant impulse but who knows right how far it could get like Gabe Newell talks about, right? We're talking about how the, the headset can react to the feelings the player is feeling. But if the headset can like cause your brain to do stuff, the headset could just tell your brain what feelings to feel. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I know. I don't know. What would you have to do? Is there like a hash that you need to pass to the CPU every instruction cycle to make sure that there's no instructions right. coming out of a nefarious? I have no well, idea. And the other question is how... How genuine does an experience where your brain is being forced to feel a specific way actually feel or like value to someone, right? Like if you're having yeah. like, like, I don't know, it would be, it's hard to imagine how it would feel to like put on the sadness mode of the headset, right? Like would right. I just, that, that's interesting. Cause yeah. usually when you feel an emotion, right? You at least feel some impetus for that emotion or feeling, right? You at least know, I mean, it can be complicated when you're feeling an emotion, knowing exactly why you're feeling it, but you at least have some idea, right? You're like, Oh, this right. thing happened and that's making me feel uh, like angry. Right. Right. Um, but this, like, there's no justification. You just feel, it's just like a feeling right with no, right. like, does that remove the meat? Like the, the value of that feeling because it has no like justification or is just the fact that the game is there and the game is meant to be sad, meant to be the justification. Yeah, that's yeah. It's kind of this. I, I the part of the, I don't know if I would call it a problem I have with the way he's saying or whatever, but it, it really boils. It feels like it boils down like the experience people can have to like, ones and zeros knobs you turn right which i'm sure go ahead maybe to maybe to a certain event like in some ridiculously finite space of things like you could quantify it that way but it doesn't seem like if i turn if i can if i can manipulate a person's heart rate into going faster that it'll be anything in particular you know what i mean like it's not it can't it's not that trivial but of course he's in an interview with a like he might have fucking tons of white papers in his office of the PhDs who work for him, who have the actual breakdown of stuff. I'm just saying, it seems like, well, to like what you were saying, is that valuable? Does that somehow diminish the experience? It, it feels like it would. It seems like it would. It I feels mean. like it would to me. Yeah. It feels like it's almost a cheap, like we already create experiences that elicit like extreme emotion. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Is this like a cheap shortcut to getting to that without having to create as compelling of an actual experience? Yeah. Right? I, well, I think that was one thing I was going to ask you is like, let's say, it, let's say you could, 
Let's say they can. Right. Would like, do you think people, how, how much of it do you think people would want? Assuming again, that it's super secure. Right. Right. You assuming know, it's safe. All that stuff. Yeah. Assuming it's well, safe. The question, right. Is like, like, I'm thinking about like the ending of the last of us, right. Which is like one of the most emotionally eliciting game, like moments that people talk about. If like, it was already emotionally listening, so I don't know what this would do beyond that. Maybe make it more intense, but I don't know if I necessarily want that. Right? right? I'm not I like I don't know if people play games to have experiences more intense than they have than they could possibly have in real life from like an well, emotional perspective. And slash, would you prefer to play you know, this imaginary world that somebody made and the story they crafted together or put on a headset that like stimulates you. Right. You know what I well, mean? And that's the question, right? Like, would that mean that like this person would create like instead of creating this crazy like fantasy world, do they just create like a stick figure like video and that's what you watch? But then the helmet like makes you feel things as if you were watching this fantasy world, like actually right. well-crafted experience. I don't know. And like, what would that experience be like? It's so hard to like theory craft this because honestly, we have no standard of comparison for like what this would feel like. Yeah, I I would just think, I mean, you already see it with phones, like pe people can get so addicted to phones and always be on their phones and constantly be looking for that stimulation that you get from phones and the apps that are designed on it. Right. Like, right. It's not just the phone, but, um, I mean, video, just normal video games too. This happens all the time to people. Yeah. And so if I just think from that perspective, if you create something that's even more like addicting and, um, yeah, well, I'll just use addicting for now. Like, will is would, would it, would it hit a point where, Let's say I use that and wow, when I have it on, I see my uh, everything seems so much better than just in yep. real life, like yep. he's saying, yep. right? Then I would think the conclusion would be people would want that thing all the time. And right. then if, thing, if people are always wearing it and stuff, would you maybe have a group of another people who are like, I don't want to like have to be forced to live with that thing? It also reminds me of like drugs. Right. Yeah, it's like drugs right. or like Brave New World in that book. There's a drug. I think it's called Soma that like everyone in the society takes that just keeps them like calm and tranquil all the time. It, they're still the same people, but it like just makes them feel like less stressed. That's basically right. what this could turn into. Right. Like if while you're wearing it, it can make you not feel stressed. Then like, why wouldn't you have that all the time? Right. And yeah. I guess then you're getting the question of is that like good and I, I think in some ways, some ways it could be right. Like if you could reduce people's stress levels in general, that could be really good for people overall. But the problem is there's a lot more to this than just like doing one good thing, right? Like, for example, regulating people's sleep. I think that's something that would be OK to ha give to everyone. Mm -hmm. If you could like make people sleep better. Mm hmm. But then the, the person's going to release it. And, and like the for example, like the adult industry would go like fucking crazy with this. Right? right. And like it, like there's no problem with the adult industry, but at the same time, right? Like people already get addicted to that stuff immensely. This would be, could be tons worse than that. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I just don't know. Uh, unfortunately <laughs> with how things work currently, I'd be concerned that there wouldn't be like the regular regulatory right. kind of, constraints around it 
It would just be driven by profit. And fuck, when you have this thing on, shit, dude, you know how you could get manipulated? And like, if you, let's say you were playing a game on this thing, um, can you be sure that when that ad runs, they didn't tweak your brain a little bit to be more inclined to like want it afterward? Totally, totally yeah. right? Like, it's so weird. It's so sketchy how how it would actually work. And I I'm honestly skeptical based on the fact that they didn't include any like technology stuff in this. How how it could actually do any of this stuff and whether it can go as far as they're claiming or they're like implying it could. Right. Yeah. Like I said, that's how it felt like to me too. It was very vague. Again, he might know who he's talking to and talk that way on purpose. It's it, like impossible to say. That GDC video that I watched in 1990, that old one, it's been a while since I watched it. And they, it was still very high level. Um, it was extremely high level at the time. It was just kind of talking about their goals and some of the stuff they had checked out. Um, I think one of the things that they was kind of coming out of there is like potentially having a new controller that had like sweat breeding technology in it or some shit to yeah maybe i'm reading the docs on the open bci website and it's saying that at least their current headset is just there for reading and analyzing brain waves right it's, it has nothing to do with controlling them which honestly i think is the craziest part of what gabe newell talks about right like it's not right. that crazy to imagine someone reading like people do heart rate stuff when they stream and stuff like that and that's exciting mm -hmm. right and to just to translate that into like a game experience makes a lot of sense it has a lot of potential in my opinion that's like just like the next step up from vr basically right but it's this like brain programming that i'm i'm very skeptical about yeah, I don't really personally like the idea of getting my brain programmed. And <laughs> there's so many like other th things to it. Like you said, there's some, and that's how it always will start, right? Like, hey, this, like, for example, the Neuralink, um, Musk pitching Neuralink, the brain implant at the back of the sc skull or whatever. He was saying the first or one of the first ways they try to use it is to help fixed like the deteriorating memories of alzheimer patients right, or some right, shit. right something really really valuable right something yeah he's like you know if you were i, I think and I, I i like i totally agree with him on it if i'm 60 some years old and i start forgetting my kid's name and you told me i put this thing in my head and it fixes that and i can remember my kids again like right. i'm for sure fucking getting that right thing, you know? right so there are some things and some applications that seem good yeah i just I don't know. I, I I think that also even maybe opens up a whole other can of worms of like that cyberpunk reality. Are cybernetic enhancements and all the stuff um, uh, an eventuality here? Like, are right. we are we all on our way to cyborging anyway? I mean, I think whatever? we are to some degree, right? Maybe just like we already have prosthetic limbs and stuff of that sort that are very advanced, right? So yeah. And the way Musk talks about Musk says we already are cyborgs with our phones. This the computer part is just on the outside. Right, right. Well, especially like for example, if you wear a smartwatch or like Google yeah, Glass, yeah. that's even getting closer. So I'm reading an article here about the Galea headset, which is their newest the new model that Newell mentions. And so it says it is equipped with several sensors, EEG, EOG, EMG, EDA, PPG. <coughs> Excuse me, which allow it to accurately quantify human emotions and facial expressions such as happiness, anxiety, depression, attention span, interest level, and more. So it doesn't, once again, it says nothing about like programming the other direction. So I'm not really sure where he got that from. Maybe that's just his imagination talking. Or I guess maybe they're talking about having so much data that you could 
tailor this experience do it. right like maybe to program someone for sleep you're like measuring their brain activity and you like test it like calibrates by playing like all these different sounds and doing all of this like experiential stuff until it finds the perfect setting that like puts you into REM sleep or something. I could see something like that existing as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know though. It's pretty complicated. It, it's, it's I, re- hard I think to imagine that technology is close. Yeah, I agree. I think it's in, I think the back in the game context of things like we were talking about before, I think getting to that re I think reading and analyzing probably covers it when you read a person's brain waves and can somehow gauge whether they're experiencing that part of the game, the way you're sort of, you sort of designed it to be experienced as like, uh, I could see that kind of making some cool games or helping make games cooler. Totally. But, um, yeah. Yeah, but then when you go from there... Beyond that, yeah. <laughs> the ethics come into play a bit. It becomes pretty complicated yeah. what, what the ethical ramifications are, right? Like, Maybe the aliens will get us by then. The, you know, the, the, the boomers have been trying to say for t- decades that video games cause violence, and with this technology, they actually could. <laughs> well, shit. That, I, or on the contrary, this is good... This would sedate the boomers so bad nobody would even complain about the violence. <laughs> it's gonna be like up, right? I don't know. You or not or, up or, or Wally. Wally, Wally is what I meant. Yeah, you're. What I mean, shit, dude. I'm. I'm not saying it would necessarily. The whole society would Wally out. I really do feel like if I knew a person who slowly receded into this, like you, it's actually funny. You see, you see all the time that like cyberpunk concept art of like some kid laying on the floor in a mess with like a VR headset on because he's just being stimulated by the VR. Mm -hmm. Like if I had a friend who just deteriorated into that, I'd be like, I'm never buying that shit and I'm never putting it on my head. Well, and once again, like I have to make the comparison to like drugs, right? Like, Right, that's exactly. exactly what happens there are tons of people who experience that stuff and it's really valuable to them and they will basically say that like they don't want to live without that kind of experience right and then there's other people right. who literally don't care right yeah and i mean and that somehow you can gauge like the people on the outside of that experience can tell like this is in the ways that it is potentially not always negatively affecting that person right Right. Like if their life is deteriorating, thanks to the addiction that it's usually the people on the outside who also try and help that. Like, uh, that's just what I I feel like if if these machines get that addictive, that's like the route it would take. And maybe I don't know. I mean, society has banned stuff before. You could make something that gets banned. I don't know. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, it's complicated, right? Like. It, this like it should it be banned who knows or can people make their own choices and control like their own decisions yeah right right like but should they be doing this stuff i don't know who knows <laughs> right <laughs> it's really complicated maybe maybe if the technology gets closer to being real you and i can uh have an an as philosophical discussion about it yeah once it gets a little bit further yep anyway we do. That's all. That's all I had to say. Yeah. Any any closing thoughts on that? No, no, no. Do we have a Patreon question for this week? We do. We do. And um, Sans, I'm sorry for all the uh, the bits pinging noises. If I hadn't forgotten to start my recording, those wouldn't be in the podcast, but they're going to be because <laughs> I forgot to start my recording. <laughs> and thank you, everyone. 
donating the bits. We um uh the the question comes from Sansquid surrounding um basically the uh, the recent Xbox Live news, okay? Right? Live doubling in price and then like the back off um he his initial question when he asked it was about why would they double it? Right. So he was like, what are your thoughts about them doubling the price? They quickly backed off. But, you know, we actually had this conversation a little bit before. Do you want to say what the way you read? Like, yeah. why do you think Microsoft doubled it? Well, so and I'm just going to say, like, I think we're, we are going to try and keep this answer brief because I'm going to be honest, like Anthony, Josh and I had like a easily like 30 plus minute conversation about this that could have gone on for even longer. But just for really concise, basically, I think that the in my brain, the only reason they would have doubled it is that was that makes sense to me. That isn't like a shrewd shady ass business practice, which I would hope they wouldn't employ is that they needed to double it in order to like um, for some financial reason, because they weren't making money off it and it was, it didn't make sense from a business perspective to keep it at that price. Now, if that were the case, which, like I said, I would like to assume that they're at least good people who wouldn't do some like publicity stunt bullshit, then I would imagine they would have been pretty confident that this change was the right thing for them, no matter what the reaction of the public was, because I would hope that they're smart enough to realize that the public's going to have a bad reaction to this. And as Anthony has mentioned, there's evidence that they shipped cards with new pricing structures to retailers. So they were pretty confident on this. And yeah, definitely enough to do that. Yeah. And then to just roll it back right away is so weird because I would think they they would have been so confident in this decision that they would have basically said, we don't care what the backlash is. We're going to keep this decision. It makes sense for our business. This is what's up, right? We might lose some gold subscribers, but we're pushing game pass and it's going to work out OK. But right. I and the fact that I they rolled it back so fast yeah, perplexes ahead, me, right? I have no idea. What do you think? Give me your give me your run. I just I just, you know, from my perspective. I was thinking about it when it happened I, and I said it, it felt so out of like left field for Xbox since specifically Spencer has started in 2014 ish. I just feel like the decisions they're making outside of some of the game cancellation stuff they've done because they've canceled, they've closed some studios, especially at the beginning of when Phil Spencer showed up, like there was a scale bound. I don't know if you remember right, that remember. lion's yep. head. Yep. So they closed some of those. I don't know. Maybe there he he couldn't have done anything about it by that time anyway hard to say but it just feels like they were just making a bunch of at least for xbox fans okay from my perspective being a xbox consumer if you will they were just like making all the right decisions little by little and like the delaying of halo infinite like the ballsy like we don't even have new games now for the new xbox right. by delaying this right so I just wonder, after the shit show that was the Xbox One release and everyone hating it, you know, um, if they're just so sensitive to like getting to like losing any positive momentum they have right now, right? Theor be. Like technically, you could look at it from their positioning right now in the console market is they are the weakest of the three console platforms from the terms of sales and uh, console sales, right. like the Switch is killing it. The PlayStation PS4 more than double sold at it sold more than double it uh, the mm -hmm. Xbox One, so they maybe are. I'm thinking maybe that's why because I agree with you. You, it almost seems like kind of uh, uh, old school style Microsofts. Like we're just going to make a bullshit decision and we're just going to 
we don't give a fuck what everybody else says. Right. Uh, well, and that's what I thought, right? That's what it seemed like. But clearly they did give a fuck. So what the hell happened? Yeah, I don't I don't know. It, one thing that I think is interesting is uh, uh, an article I read. I want to say sometime within the last month that actually Gary V put out more like a blog post. But uh-huh. he was saying he was talking. He was breaking down what he thought was a bad marketing move by some company. And he was saying that even though he thought it was bad, he um, he knows how tough it is, blah, blah, blah. And he, he shed some insight. He's like, a lot of people see big corporations and they might think like that because they're big, like, and they have the resources to get it right, that there's no, that it'll always go right. Like there should be no reason for it to go wrong. And the only reason it would go wrong is like bad intentions. And he said, while that is true sometimes, right. he, uh, also – He's like, these corporations are made of a bunch of people and shit like kind of gets fucked sometimes, you know, like basically. Um, And that it's tough to execute on some of these things. And that's kind of what we were talking about between each other. It's like maybe the way it was, maybe the way this was like pitched to roll out and because this like seemed like something that was only applicable for new Xbox Live subscribers because existing ones would keep their same stuff. Maybe the way they pitched it initially was seemed better than when they actually executed it or some shit and that's what right. happened but you, you would think it goes through so many it should well at least a decision like this you would expect right. to go through enough like groups of people that someone would have been like you guys fucking you stupid think, you would <laughs> think that goes across the big guys desks right. you know if you're doubling the price of like the biggest subscription service you've offered over the last decade <laughs> you would think that like phil spencer Aaron Greenberg would know about it. So yeah, that right. that was the curious I mean, part. That's it was like, like that's weird. It's like if I imagine like our game, we choose a price point, right? And then like a week before it comes out, you come to me and you're like, we're doubling the price. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like that's the- <laughs> in what yeah, world is I- ever doubling the price of anything going to be like a thing that your customers are happy with? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like I said, it was like, how was I really feel like what this was meant to do was that if you're a brand new Xbox person, you bought your Series X and you're like, which subscription do I get that the value incentive of going from if the cheapest option is a $10 gold and then Game Pass with hundreds of games plus gold and PC compatibility is $5 more like it, it was supposed to be like, oh, yeah, Game Pass, obvious. But uh, regardless of whether that's like the way you should do that or not. Not the like, way you should do that. <laughs> right. Like I I would say that. Just remove gold. I actually gold. wonder with the improvement that they did it. Exactly. the the So I, like I said uh, in the Instagram post, I, I especially in light of that Gary V blog, like I do think that the fact they did act quickly is commendable from a co- as much as it can be from a corporate standpoint. I, see, but and like, I, I, I don't give them that much, that much credit. I, I like think it's reprehensible that they did it in the first place if they weren't willing to just like keep their decision. So I don't give them any credit for rolling back a decision they made incorrectly in the first place. Well, I do. Yeah. I think like, like I said, it, if they fucked the execution or something got lost along the line, especially if not, well, Worst case scenario, they fucked up and they backed up. It, first of all, they didn't just back it up, but they made it better for Xbox people who now have stuff in line with PlayStation people where it's like you pay $60 a year and then free to play games. Right. You don't. But need that makes it, it even more like weird, right? That they were ready to like push something like that out, right? 
Well, in, in the in the blog post that came out when they rolled it back, they said this was in the works. Right. So they were planning that anyway. So they don't get credit for making it better. They were already going to make it better, right? They didn't I need think, to do like that's yeah, what I'm saying. Made, I don't know. They made it they did it faster. That's I there's obviously stuff that I don't think you can really understand how it works without being in there cuz like from my perspective, they they say in the blog post over the next couple months we'll get to the point where this is effective. Right. And so in my head it's like what needs to happen. But I mean, even as a, as a software engineer, when people tell you like, Oh, how hard can that bug be? And you're like, you don't understand there's this bug. And then you, that test, you understand blah, blah. we wrote the code like shit. And now we have no idea you how know, to change yeah, you it. You understand we fucked things up in the first place. Yeah. So yeah, how exactly. Maybe the reason why it takes a couple months to roll out is because it's literally paperwork that has to pass through a bunch of people. I don't know. Right. But Anyway, I, I, I feel think, like yeah. the fu- I feel like the future is what you said. The way you offer, the way you incentivize the Game Pass pur- purchase is you remove gold completely, and right. maybe you reduce the. They remove gold. Game Pass. They remove gold. They grandfather in the people who have it, mm-hmm. and give them like a year to upgrade to Game Pass, basically. And then in the next year, they like slightly reduce the price of Game Pass or something. Yeah, and I then, actually think they should do the Luna thing myself. I feel like if imagine if I told you, hey, you want $15 a month Game Pass or do you want like a la carte choose which parts of Game Pass you want for a certain amount of time? For example, maybe the only thing you care about are the Bethesda games, right? And right. so, so you could have like, like different like themed Game Passes for cheaper. the Bethesda Game Pass for $4.99 a month or right. some shit, right. you know? That would be interesting, but I wonder like financially how that would, if that isn't really beneficial to them because they're paying the same no matter what. So it might be worse for them in the long run. I don't know. In the end, the only way anything of all, any of this is going to succeed in my opinion for Xbox is if they make good games. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, they have not done a great job of that in the past. Last generation went very, for a lot of people, like personally for me, I thought Halo five, Halo five remains to be the best multiplayer shooter i play last gen doom is the best uh all around right. but halo 5 was i liked it more than titanfall and blah 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 of course i'm a halo guy but for what it's worth so i feel like they had good experiences for the for some people but they weren't like i've talked about like i said halo 5's problems that last generation was like okay at best well like none of their of first party game like all of the sony games were nominated for awards every year None of the Xbox games ever really were. Yeah, like I said, they they didn't, especially in the f- like story and narrative. For whatever reason, those uh, those really took. I don't know. I don't know. Yep. I, I had a lot of fun with those experiences, but generally the consensus, like amongst the now, granted, like the questions, like, right? Okay. Like we should probably count Ori, right? As in the Will of the Wisps is a Microsoft. Is that a first party game? Does that count because they own the studio? I don't know. It gets kind of complicated there. Yeah. No, but anyway, anyway, good games. Yep. Good games. Really good, good games. Yep. All right. So anyway, where can people find us? You can find us at KOKoalaEntertainment.com. There you have links to all our social media, especially our Discord. And our Discord is kind of the soul of our uh, social media presence. We run a game, a small little idle game that ties into the lore, the universe of our upcoming game for PC and Xbox. And, um, Speaking of which, uh, check out Disney Pixar Soul sponsoring this podcast. Uh, (laughs) Subscribe to Disney. I was just talking to people about Soul on Twitter. I haven't watched it yet. I need to. 
I really liked it myself. I'm the person hyped. I was talking to didn't really care, but mm. <laughs> it has good music. Eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> in addition, you can check out our Patreon. Our Patreon is, in, is insane value for you guys. It's not just like sign up for two, five, or ten dollars a month and thank you so much. Although it is, thank you so much. You get a bunch of stuff regardless of the platform. You get a free holographic sticker of the tier you signed up for. For the 5 and $10, you get a sticker every three months for free. You get a discount on merch all the time. If you're interested in the merch in any capacity, Patreon has tons of value. You get free yeah. merch every six months at the $10 tier, and you get in the credits of our game at six months. So anyway, fan, lots of value there. If you would be so gracious to consider supporting us, that'd be great. You can also buy us a coffee, something we launched oh, today. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> You can you can shoot us a donation there if you'd like to. Any support is sincerely appreciated. Another a thing prime on the Patreon, sub on we're releasing a lot more content, like uh, content Patreon only content now. Like there's been videos coming out, blog posts, whatever, and that'll continue to happen. Recently, there's a video yep. of me and my girlfriend eating a Japanese snack box that went up on that Patreon. So if you want like <laughs> random extra Anthony and Skylar and probably Josh at some point content, then get to the patreon even yeah, the small I, even the lowest tier gets access to that content so yeah everyone gets access to the content uh and especially especially also i'll say this there is stuff in the works for the ko koala studio from a game perspective things happening soon that there will definitely be behind the scenes content on so yeah. um you know as we get closer to the game game related stuff We'll obviously be putting content everywhere, but behind the scenes, some of the juicy goodness will be on Patreon. So yeah, and I could even see a world where Patreon might get some early sneak peeks at stuff too. So mm-hmm. I mean, they already get some sneak peeks to other stuff. Yep, they already get some sneak peeks to other stuff. So anyway, thank you again so much to all our patrons who, yep. who help us. Um, and until next time, thanks for watching, everyone. Uh, next cool. week it'll be good quality. I promise to remember to press the record button. I bought a new computer, and my monitor that I have my recording software on is on the right instead of on the left. And I think it's just like fucking rooting my brain habits. <laughs> <laughs> right on. That's right. what you you need, Gabe's. I need headset. I need a BCI headset to tell my brain to press record. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.